This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Cardiology Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Kimberly Bell, Vice President of Operations for Specialty Practices at Advent Health in Orlando, Florida. Kimberly, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Before we dive into the questions, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Certainly. So I actually began my career in healthcare uh, when I was 16. I became an EMT and volunteered on the rescue squad. And then fairly quickly after that, within a two-year period, I became a paramedic and a firefighter, uh, then went to nursing school, uh, joined the military. I was in the Army uh, within the field hospital system, and then went into leadership within nursing, uh, coming out of the ER into the cardiovascular service line. So cardiac surgery, vascular surgery, heart transplant. And now I am in charge of the specialty practices for the medical group with Advent Health. Oh, fantastic. It, it sounds like you have had so many different experiences, but obviously all leading up until this point. I'm wondering, you know, when you're thinking about your career and you were first starting off as an EMT, was it your goal to, to move into administration or, or where did you really see yourself growing in your career? Absolutely not. If, if you had said this is what I'd be doing, I would have laughed at you uh, at that point in time. I really went into healthcare uh, to help others. My mother was killed when I was four in a hit and run accident. And so um, that impacted me greatly. And I ended up actually working in the trauma room with some of the nurses who took care of her. Um, and she ended up passing away probably three days later. In today's world, she more than likely would have survived. And so it's been a passion of mine to help others and to really make a difference to further those efforts. I was actually going to go to nurse anesthetist school out of critical care. And a very wise physician said to me, you know, uh, the patients are asleep and you can't actually speak to them. (laughs) I guess I speak too much. So he, he advised me that I should choose something else. And at the time, our hospital was going through some leadership changes and I was pretty vocal. And uh, the nurse uh, CNO said, well, then I think you should step up and be a leader. And that's actually how I ended up becoming a leader. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. And, you know, so interesting to hear how your career path went and some of the advice that you got. I I think that definitely is some great perspective. Um, Now, I'm wondering, what are your top priorities today and how do you see them evolving in the next 12 months? Right now, it's really in my new role with the medical group and specialty practices. It is about how we will function, you know, in the next three years post-COVID, really with how we can be where people are in their homes, uh, in their neighborhoods, how we're 24-7, and they really never have to leave our network of care and making it easy for them. You know, our system has been designed uh, for so many years in the eight to five world, Monday through Friday. And as we know today, and particularly with COVID, it's not possible to see everyone in that time. And it's not, it's not convenient for everyone. So we must change our models and we must take care of individuals, not only with their physical health, but also with their mental health right, and their nutritional health, we are responsible for so much more than just one particular part of the specialty, like their heart or their lungs. We really have to navigate them and and care for them as a whole person. So I'm really focused on how do we redesign our system for what the world needs today. It's so interesting that you mentioned that, and, you know, is, is, 
um, interesting to think about how healthcare is delivery delivery is changing in terms of what patients need in, in, in the whole structure of the organization. I'm wondering in making these changes, what are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing and how are you thinking about troubleshooting them in the future? Some of the biggest ones are, are our own cultural um, historical biases, right? You know, when you're in, when you've done something the same way for 20 years and someone comes along and says, you know, we're tearing that map up, it's not easy. And it's it, it, changing culture is something you have to do every day and you have to convince people to get on board with that. And I, I do think COVID sped that up and the use of technology. I also think um, some of the barriers is because there is so much good technology out there, but we're in a high risk environment in healthcare. And so to let some of those good technologies in that we can utilize takes longer because they have to be such secure systems. So some of the things that are probably first in class and you know first to market, we typically cannot use because they have to be tried and true because of the information that we protect. So it's really that balance of how do you, how do you really implement some of the greatest tools but also be safe at the same time and then bring people along who not had to change in a long time on that journey with you. Got it, got it, that makes sense. Um, you know, and when you are thinking about that technology, obviously, you know, not necessarily using the product names, but what types of technologies are you finding that are helpful versus those that, you know, you're thinking either this is too early on in the process or, or something that really, you know, won't make a difference for us and is just more of a, a shiny new object for our clinicians to look at? Well, I, I, I think if you go to the lower end of the scale, things that are predictive technologies, such as some of the larger, you know, consumer driven online formats that we use, you know, they predict what you need ahead of time. And they actually make those suggestions to you. And so I would say we start there first, because we already know you. Why aren't we using that information to help you make better decisions? But on the on the farther end, obviously artificial intelligence AI products are going to be our future. They absolutely do a great job with big data and helping us find trends that we would not see typically and uh, come up with better solutions than sometimes that are our gut-based solutions. It's, it's, it, you have to marry both the human part of healthcare and the data knowledge that you can get out of technology to give a better product to the patient. Got it, that makes a lot of sense. How are you thinking about growth and development in the future, especially when you know, you're looking at now overseeing so many specialty practices, what will make a difference across the board as well as with cardiology specifically? I think we have to be more in the business of prevention uh, than treatment. We have to be personalized and therefore genomics plays a huge factor in that. We know our genetic codes and we know that it is important for us to get more precision based in our medical care and more personalized in it. I think growth will come from individuals being loyal to health systems that know them, that help them navigate it easily and who take out the waste in the system by being more personalized in the care. So don't ask me 20 times my name and my history if you already know me and help me choose the right medication based on my genetics, based on my own uh, social determinants, 
right? Help me make it easier and, and get the waste out of the system. And I think you'll grow um, by doing that. Absolutely. That's a great point. Now, before we wrap up our conversation, I was wondering, could you share three pieces of advice for emerging leaders today? Sure. <laughs> there are three tenets, I believe, uh, for a leader. The first one is passion. You have to show up and that gets you in the door as a leader. I, I, I spoke about my why and why I'm in healthcare and, and why I get to do what I do. I don't have to do what I do. It is something that I'm passionate about. The second one is you have to be courageous. And that means you have to take risks sometimes where you may be directionally correct, but you don't have all the facts. And you have to be courageous enough to stand up and say no when something isn't right and to call out things that aren't giving worth to the patients that we take care of. And the last one is tenacity. You truly have to stay the course and you will have ups and downs in your career but the people that make it in the long run for this are tenacious about what they believe in and they have a true north in, in their compass and they stay true to that. Kimberly, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. This has been a really fascinating discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Thank you so much.